0: It's hard to fully expect
1: full empathy from people who have never experienced what you're going through. And he said, But right now, I don't know why you're so concerned about saving your tube when you may not even make it. Sometimes with pregnancy, and you see a lot of the pose, people are really excited. As soon as they get a pregnancy um, with a urine test, they're excited for someone who suffered loss. That excitement is almost dimmed to some degree. It's exciting but then it's also very worrying. So it's, it's almost like you you can only be excited to some degree because you have to be mindful of what could be because you know what's happened in the past. I just wanted peace. I just needed peace.
2: You are listening to the Dope Black Moms Podcast. I'm delighted to be here with Abby. Hi, Nina. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for being here. We're here today to talk about fertility, the journey, you know, it, it affects a lot of us and I just think the more we can talk about it, the more we can share, the more we can talk about how it affected us personally, um, I think, you know, that might be able to help people. Sometimes it helps, you know, if you hear that other people have been through things and I, I just think it's not something that we talk about often and it's maybe not something that we see black women talking about so um, I thought it might be nice. No, just, that's really good. Yeah, yeah just to share so Abby can you just share a bit about your fertility journey and maybe I suppose what you thought about fertility maybe when you were younger what did you grow up thinking about fertility oh, what stories did you have?
1: The first one was you know if a boy touches you I'm gonna get pregnant
2: one touch you know one touch literally I grew up
1: thinking that that was it and that literally if you want it to happen all it takes is boy meets girl and have a little fun and um nine months later you'll have a baby but boy was I wrong so anyway my journey was I got married in 2015 just a happy newlywed and then I found out that maybe about eight weeks later or so that I was indeed pregnant and I was like oh that was a little bit fast because obviously I wasn't I didn't think about just I just sort of you know was just enjoying being married and I don't know why I didn't cross my mind that maybe I would be pregnant.
2: But, um, <laughs> so you had a few touches then and had had, you found yourself pregnant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I was like oh a bit scared because I was like oh I've never been pregnant before and oh okay that means I'm having a baby it's a bit sooner than I probably would have wanted after being married but do you know what God's time's the best time very naive because obviously I was there thinking do you know what right I'm pregnant I'm gonna have a baby bang
2: that's bosh bosh yeah Done. the end yeah.
1: and then um I then realized that um quite early on that I was spotting a little bit and then I, Obviously, you go on Dr. Google. I was like, oh, that's quite normal, but still try and get it checked out. So I then went to my GP, who then told me, yeah, you did the right thing. But I think you should go to the early pregnancy unit just to Mm -hmm. make sure. So I did.
2: And at this stage, were there any little fears or niggles creeping in? Or were you just listening to everybody and like, all right, I'll go there, I've done that? I
1: didn't think anything of it. I think I was still in a state of, oh, my God, I'm going to have a baby. Like, nothing really clicked. It was just very much like go with the flow. It was all very, very like, yeah, it was just all very new and very fresh in my mind. And I didn't really have any thoughts about it other than, oh, I'm pregnant. That's it. Nothing else. So we went to the early pregnancy unit and they um, did a test. And then they said, you know, we want to do a um, a blood test as well to check your HCG level. So, yes, you can do um, just... It's a little bit of education as well and um, you can do the normal sort of urine sample but the bloods tend to give you a bit more of an accurate um, measurement as to how far along you may be and the sort of things that they might be able to pick up on a scan so lo and behold I did the blood test and they did a scan for me and they couldn't see anything and so I just went on my merry way thinking, oh, so that's fine. It's still really early. They didn't see anything. I get a call a little bit later in the day. And they're like, oh, your bloods have come back. And your HCG hormone level is a lot higher than what um, what's showing up on your scan. We need you to come back in. So they're like, okay, come back tomorrow. So I came back in the next day and um, did an- another scan. And um, they, then obviously I think they were looking a little bit deeper into um, – the scan than they did maybe the first day they're like oh we're really really sorry they brought someone else into the room just to confirm what they were thought they were seeing they're like um i'm really sorry but it looks like um you're having an ectopic pregnancy oh. and did
2: you know what that meant absolutely at the time? not
1: um, right i think they must have thought god this woman is clueless because the sort of things that came out of my mouth was like okay so they're like yeah so the pregnancy you are very you are pregnant but it looks like the is in the wrong place so I then said to the lady so okay so um does that mean you, you just want to move it to the right place because that was mm. how naive I was
2: yeah let's just do that
1: L- okay. literally like and it should be sorted and they're like no um it's, it's not a pregnancy that can be viable. It, it's it's no longer viable when it's not in the right place. So it's in your fallopian tube.
2: What I find really tricky is in those moments, you just need a bit of English because viable. Yeah.
1: What,
2: what does that mean? Exactly. What What does that mean? And then also in the state you're in. Yeah. What, what, what does that mean? That That word viable always, uh, it, it, it's so jarring, isn't it? So clinical. And I understand it that's is. the technical term, but... In that moment, a bit of care would have been nice.
1: I'm clinical because of my line of work is clinical. So mm-hmm. work, I, I got it, but I see exactly what you mean in the sense that it isn't sort of, it's not broken down enough to the point that somebody fully understands. So Yeah,
2: because you could think, was well, anything I could do to make it viable. Exactly. But, like, what can I do from my end? <laughs>
1: yeah. So um, they were like, we're, we're going to need to operate on you and it needs it's a matter of urgency because we don't want it to rupture because if it ruptures... It can lead to a fatality, and I was like, "Oh, this is a bit much." Like, I think I was really in shock by the fact that it was the whole thing about fatality. Because I was thinking, "What, just by being pregnant? Like, what do you mm-hmm. mean
2: that I, mm-hmm. that I could be at risk? What, what's all this?" And, and it's so, moving quite fast, isn't it? From going very, off a the check, then coming very, back, and then they're like, "We need to operate right now." It was, it was,
1: it was almost like. Dun, da, 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 da in Mm -hmm. and they were like oh and you can't leave the hospital I was like what What? literally and if you do leave the hospital you have to sign these papers to say that you're leaving and it's at your own risk because if anything happens to you that so it was just a lot and my my husband was there at the time and they were like you know we're going to give you a few minutes just to you know just to be alone and it's a lot to take in they left us I literally just burst into tears because I was like what is going on like what is this like it was just happened it's just a lot and I just felt a bit overwhelmed by it all called my mum and you know told her what was going on she came down and um obviously it was it was very emotional like I'm trying to make things like go a little bit quicker so that we can get through it and you know as much as possible but it was a Mm. very very tough time because you know after you've just been married you're newlywed and then you're having to go through that it it was it's actually huge it it was it was a lot and Mm. um I was it stayed in the hospital we all stayed in the hospital and um they prepped me for surgery and yeah the surgery was was um interesting I would say because Mm. I've never I've never stayed overnight in any hospital in my life so it was quite interesting to just be on that side in the sense of I was a patient who was also having to go through general um, anesthetic just so that they could do what they were doing in effect, remove my baby because that's pretty much what they were were going to do. And they obviously tell you, oh, we might have to remove your tube. (laughs) And, yeah. And so I went through all of that. And um, I woke up the next day and they're like, yeah, we managed to get rid of the pregnancy. um, And we unfortunately had to remove your tube as well. So you have yeah. one tube left. So in my mind, straight away, I'm thinking, wow, 50% of my chances of being pregnant,
2: mm-hmm. well,
1: just like that first mm-hmm. time, and this is what I'm having to deal with. It was, a, it was a lot, and emotionally, I was definitely not in the best place, which it, it's understandable. I didn't really know how to think, and I didn't really know what to really make out of it. I just knew that I was sad, and I knew that I had suffered a loss that was very, very deep. And
2: totally. And it's just yeah, coming at you, isn't it? So yeah, fast.
1: Literally. Um, but you know, as you do, you get by one day at a time, and that's what I did. I just try to focus on more positive things and just enjoy being married, you know. Um, yeah,
2: and that's what I did. What helped you get through this time?
1: I would say the only thing that really, really helped me was my faith. Yes it was, was quite strong it is quite strong in the fact that I just had to trust that God had a better plan somehow and that um even though I didn't understand it that his plan was that something good would come from it I didn't know what good it was that it was but I just had to hold on to that because if I didn't have that I had nothing and mm-hmm. I had my family and my husband I didn't really tell people because i'm I'm quite um a private person is you know people say that all the time but I know that I'm very very much a, you know a, a very a private almost sort of closed person so even doing this mm. the journey that I've been on has brought me out of that sort of shell in some respects so yeah very interesting to see how life circumstances change you and yeah
2: and it it definitely has thank you so much for being here and and talking about this and sharing and i i have no doubt that there are women listening who are struggling with this or women listening who are looking for ways to support women struggling with this um and you know thank you just so much for bringing so much of yourself great to hear about what got you through Again, for people listening, was there anything that you found really insensitive or, anything, or any, um, anything that really wasn't helpful for people who are maybe going through this right now or maybe their loved ones that we trying to support? It's hard
1: to fully expect full empathy from people who have never experienced what you're going through or what you have mm have been through so it's almost like you have to almost give people a little bit of grace because had I not gone through what I had gone through I might have been one of those people who said things like oh do you know what you'll still have another chance you you're um at least you managed to get pregnant you'll have you'll be pregnant again but yeah. that isn't the sort of thing I needed to hear
2: yeah and you would never ever say to another person now yeah
1: it even though those things are true and mm. they think it's helping but Sometimes in those situations, you just want people to just sit with you in that sadness. It sounds a bit not. I know it's good to have people to uplift you and, and it's very important that they do. But then it's also nice where people are just where you're allowed to grieve what you've totally.
2: lost. And to you know? just acknowledge it. I always find it weird with grief when people say things or maybe when people act like if you bring it up, um it might kind of remind you of what's just happened, and and with with loss, you know, it's always with you. You're never not going to remember. There's, n- there's not there's not a chance where you can talk about it. And be like, oh yeah, I forgot that that happened. Of course, no. this is a major major life event. This is a major loss in life. It's a big trauma, and there's nothing you could say, to remind you that that's happened. That's that's the sort of thing that's always with you, isn't it? So I always find that quite weird. And I I totally understand just having the space to be allowed to grieve and to be allowed to to be in it rather than someone trying to kind of pick you up or someone trying to say really helpful things. And um, that's nice. So just, yeah, being allowed to be. Yeah, just,
1: yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I remember was... um, with the healthcare practitioners, um, after you've had an ectopic, they do like to follow up on you and just to see you um, a few times afterwards, talk to you, you know, sort of maybe get you to see a consultant. And one thing, other people might have found it helpful, but for me as a newlywed and somebody that was, it was their first ever pregnancy, it was almost like the consultant was very much trying to tell me that the best thing for me to do was go down the road of IVF and Mm. it was very much like um yeah we think this would be a probably a better option for you and not I I think IVF is brilliant I think it's God's amazing handiwork that he gives people the, the you know the ability to do things um as great as IVF but hearing that it was it wasn't necessarily that I didn't um think that it was an option for me, but I felt like it was almost being pushed on me. And mm. I didn't really think that was right in that moment. I think maybe later on it would have been okay. But I think in the first few conversations, that definitely did resonate with me that why they keep telling me to do this instead of what else I could do. You know, I just felt like that shouldn't have necessarily been the first thing that they were trying to um, say to me. I guess they had their reasons. They were like, you know, once you've had one ectopic, You know, the chances that you have another one are quite common. It can be common. not not It's not majorly common, but it can happen again. So it's something that you'd have to look out for again, especially if they hadn't removed the tube. But they did remove the tube. And I say that in inverted commas because, as you'll find out, later on, six months later, I then fall pregnant again. So the topic was end of June, and then I fall pregnant again end of October.
2: And what's going through your mind now that you're pregnant Fear.
1: again? Fear was definitely, it riddled me. But then I also felt like, Do you know what? Hmm. After doing a little bit of research, the chances of me having another one, no, nah, it's not going to happen to me. This one is fine. It will, it will be okay. I, I was very, very sure of myself. And I think that, yeah, in, in, do you know what? I think it, it's ups and downs because I could say that I was sure of myself, but then there were days I was riddled with fear. It's, it was very much a roller coaster of emotions, which is what I describe my whole fertility journey as a roller
2: coaster. Yeah. And during this journey, th- absolutely. When, when you found out that you're pregnant, did you tell anybody this time?
1: Ooh, I, the only person I told was my husband Aww. and my mum.
2: Yeah. That was it.
1: Nobody okay. else. Absolutely nobody. Cause sometimes with pregnancy and you see a lot of the pose people are really excited as soon as they get a pregnancy um with a urine test they're excited for some mm. who suffered loss that excitement is almost dimmed to some yes. degree it's it's exciting right. but then it's also very worrying so mm-hmm. it's it's almost like you you can only be excited to some degree because you have to be mindful of what could be because you know what's happened in the past so yeah I always say it was it was exciting but then it was also not exciting all at the same time yeah. so um I went straight to the EP um EPU because that's what I was advised to do as soon as you get pregnant again go straight to EPU went straight there did not turn back did not post go I just went oh, straight there.
2: Directly.
1: <laughs> and um okay. I went there you know, with my heads in the clouds, quite excited. And I said, Um, yeah, it looks like I'm pregnant again. And I was like, wow. And, you know, look at God. He did it without any intervention. I was able to, with my one tube, I've got, I'm, I'm pregnant again. This is amazing. They did a scan for me immediately. And they, it was deathly silence again. And I was like,
2: yeah. oh,
1: what is this? And mm. then they call someone else into the room. I was like, Really? Like,
2: and there's the fear kicking in then.
1: All I remember was saying that our Father and mm-hmm. throughout, like, and under my breath, saying our Father, the whole prayer under my breath. And then they brought someone else in. And then literally all I heard is, I am so sorry oh. again. And I was like, What do you mean? What do you mean by sorry? And they were like, oh, It looks like you're having another ectopic.
2: Oh. I said, What?
1: All I thought at that moment was, Do you know what? They're going to take me off a tube the end
2: oh my goodness
1: like any chance of me becoming a mother right now is gone because that's what they're going to do if they've taken one tube they're going to take the other one then literally the lady then says to me this is now a little bit even more so serious because it looks like it's already ruptured and we can't even see where it is because you've got about a liter of blood in your stomach and we need to get you in They were, like, shocked that I wasn't in any pain because I wasn't in any pain. They like, we need to take you into surgery now.
2: And again, there and then, right now.
1: Straight now, immediately. But this time, I'd had it. Like, it was almost like, this can't be happening twice. Not in the same hospital. Not this. No, no. No, way. I don't want it. So then um, we call a friend who is an obstetrician. And she said, do you know what? Come to us. I'll make sure that they look after you. Da, 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 da. So we went to a different hospital. I had to sign the papers that I was actually leaving, so we went.
2: Well well done, because it's really hard to no, think I, I, straight all, in hospitals anyway. It's but horrible. under the pressure you're under.
1: I had to because I just thought to myself, these people are just thinking one way that do you know what, they're gonna have to remove the other tube. I don't want that. I want someone who's gonna look at me with due diligence. So I thought totally. oh, Lord,
2: I'm Take gonna go. Care. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so we went and um, we went there. My friend got us in it quite quickly. I then meet with a consultant and I will never forget this man as long as I live because, yeah, he's one of the reasons I tell my story because I remember oh. when I spoke to him, I said to him, just try to, you know, talk to him on a, on a human side. I said, Do you know what, I, I only got married six months ago and I, I don't mm. have any children. Um, is there any chance that um, this pregnancy is not in that other tube and he was like well you've had the first tube removed and you're having another ectopic um the chances are that it probably is in that tube and I said what is the chance that it isn't he said um one in a said oh. wow and he said but right now I don't know why you're so concerned about saving your tube when you may not even make it
0: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row
1: His words. He it's said like, that all these questions that you are asking, we need to get you into, into theatre. I think he was trying to sort of push, put down, push down on the fact that it's very serious. We need yeah. to go straight to, but there is a way to do it, and I don't think that way was the best way. Mm-hmm. For me. And that's so how We got prepped, went into surgery. At this point, I was numb, and I was just like, you is know? "This
2: all the same day."
1: All the same day. Oh all
2: goodness. the same day. Second of November. can't forget this (laughs) yeah no
1: no never forget it and um we went prepped for surgery and I remember saying to the anesthetist the most lovely woman Mm -hmm. she was like I told her what was going on and she was like don't worry we will look after you and I just said do you mind if I speak to the the the, um the surgeon who's going to be operating on me and it's not really common to do but she was like I will so I spoke to him before they did the anesthetic and I said you know what I haven't had any children yet um and I I don't want to lose my other tube like I I just don't and and please treat me as you would your daughter because he was an an older man and Mm -hmm. that's literally what I said and I don't even know what came over me to be so bold but (laughs) in that in that situation I just had to say what was in my heart because my heart was really hurting and -hmm. and I didn't really know what else to do I just had to do whatever it could I could not that what my words were going to do were going to stop anyone from doing what they wanted to do but I just felt like I needed to do everything in my own power to state my case basically and I I did and I'm glad I did um had the anesthetic done and I remember the last face I saw was my husband and I just thought you know poor you as well you're having to go through this as well you know you've not had any children yet either and it's just a lot for someone to deal with especially within such a short space of time after being married so um um we had the surgery and the first face I saw was my anaesthetist and she was just smiling and she said to me Mm -hmm. you didn't have a tube and I was like Oh my god like I literally remember I just started crying Yay. oh my god even in the midst of like the pain and the hurt and the disappointment you're still here like you're still you know giving me keeping me afloat you're still able to show that you are still in the business of doing miracles because to me that yeah. was a miracle yes it I used for a very horrible period but it was still a miracle and a very big one In the sense that, obviously, from going from what the consultant said to me, one in a million chance, and I was literally that million. Because I remember Mm -hmm. uttering under my breath, God, please let that be me. Yes. (laughs) You know, obviously, they don't necessarily fully believe it. But I I, I wanted it. And I just hoped for it. And literally, they were like, yeah, we didn't. It was on the same side of the one they took out the first time. So basically, what they then found out was that the first one that they did um, the first time round, they didn't close off the tube properly oh still open so it ended And in,
2: again well done for trusting your gut literally. for leaving that first yeah. space yeah because i feel right. like
1: they, they would have it in their mind that the person who did it would have done it correctly mm-hmm. so they were able to see it they then closed off the hole completely and then yeah it was it was there and that was all sorted my other tube was left untouched and i was just so grateful you know, and I remember being in the hospital room after everyone had left. And I just remember saying to God, do you know what? Thank you. If you give me a baby, God, I don't know what, you know, what you're trying to teach me here. or I will definitely share my story. because mm. This isn't a story I can keep to myself. It, it just isn't because it's not it's not a common story. And it's also one that will give somebody else a bit of hope when I was going through it all, I was looking for people looking for because I didn't know anyone who'd had an ectopic and it was mm. very very it was quite lonely
2: it's, I really don't think it's spoken about it isn't and I, I don't even think the word easy. feels that common does it
1: One in 90 people have an ectopic and I was like mm. I know more than 90 people Mm. what is this how come I've never heard of this before you know and it just makes you think that you know what people are going through a lot and they, they don't get a chance to be able to speak it or they don't see people who look like them or talk like them mm. they've also experienced it so I, I felt like god if you see me through I will be that voice if I can be to help you with yes. one or two people I will do it so yeah and so life goes on yeah and you know with all of that I definitely felt like I had a lot of really down days and a lot Mm -hmm. of you know okay days but it was always in my mind that god I've lost a lot like you know I would have had a baby by now especially when it was nearer the dates when I should have been oh yeah all those times are quite Mm -hmm. challenging because you try and put up a brave face but you never forget you never forget and you never fully sort of Heal from what you have lost, you know. No.
2: And, it, and were there people having babies around you? Oh,
1: absolutely. Like I
2: can imagine. Absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely, yeah. literally. It, it, yeah, it was a lot. of Friends, all sorts, and people that didn't actually even know what I'd been through. So it was even harder because they obviously didn't know, and mm-hmm. they would, yeah. So it, it was quite challenging in some respects. But um yeah, life went on, and. If I'm honest with you, I was very scared to get pregnant again because I, I realized that getting pregnant wasn't the issue for me. The problem was the babies actually coming to be. So I then felt fear and I wouldn't want to get pregnant. So that was very, very emotionally challenging. It was almost like a like you I didn't know how to think because some months I'll be like, I really want to get pregnant, I want to have a baby by any means necessary. And next month, no, I, I don't want to go through anything bad again. I, don't, I, I can't hear bad news. I, I just want, no, I just think, no, maybe not. Let me just not bother. And so life went on like that for a couple of years. And I mm. didn't really think much of it. Not that I didn't think about it. I just wasn't pushing for it, if that makes any sense. And then um, I get pregnant again in 2017.
2: And what does it feel like this time? fear again
1: yeah fear and I definitely felt like I expected the worst and part of me blamed myself for thinking like that which one couldn't blame me but that's definitely how I felt you know Mm -hmm. and went to early pregnancy unit as you do
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and um but I was spotting and then um. so in my head I was like "Mm, something's just not right here went to hospital and um they were like, oh, it looks like you're having a miscarriage. Oh. In my mind, I'm like, wow, at least it's not an ectopic. Imagine being Aww. that sad or that, yeah. you know, down about your um, situation that at least it's not, not, oh, my God, I'm dead. I was sad, but for me, it was, I don't have to go through surgery i don't have Mm -hmm. to it was like okay this one i know about people have miscarriages it's better than having a miscarriage better than having an ectopic but still a loss is still a loss it was a it was a loss and later i then was able to sort of fully grasp it i was just happy that i wasn't having to go through what i had been through because even with the ectopic the healing process took a while because Mm. you do get incisions and they hurt and it took some time to fully heal because you're always reminded of what happened because of the scars I still have my scars till today and that's seven years later so you know it's it's definitely yeah quite a lot so yeah we have we had the miscarriage and yeah I don't know I don't know I just think it was just yeah at that point I was like I really don't know what to do and with um once you've had three losses they automatically get you seen by a fertility expert so i was then referred to a fertility expert
2: and this is on the nhs
1: yeah on the okay. nhs and um he did a lot of testings and everything and um this was it took almost about gosh about a year i would say to even be really to be seen by him but i wasn't in a rush cuz i was just like yes over it by then and yes. then uh, <laughs> i see him once and then he does all these tests for me and then he was like i'm going to see you in a couple of a month or so i then find out that i'm pregnant again <gasps> yeah and he was like he wasn't best pleased because he was okay. like, <laughs> he was like well you know i was going to start you on this i was going to start you on that da, 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 da. but okay we're here now and um he was like i'm going to send you for a scan and so we went for a scan and um, the lady this, the lady that was doing the scan was like, oh, it looks like, um, yeah, you're definitely pregnant. We can see a sack this time, something that I'd never seen
2: before. Oh.
1: And she was like, but. So there was, there was a but. And she was like, oh. see blood around the gestational sack. So we're not going to be too, you know, excited about it. We just want, you know, just let you know that there is blood there and it could go either way kind of thing. And I just remember saying to myself no like I said it in my head I didn't say it out loud I didn't want them thinking I was crazy I was like no the blood that you're seeing as a Christian I'm going to speak again I said no that's not what you're seeing isn't right I said that's the blood of Jesus that's protecting my baby no I don't want it I don't I, I don't care this is what it is so that's what I professed in myself and I went you know about my business and um Kept coming back for more tests and more scans, and everything started looking like it was going well. Once you've had um, a journey like mine or pregnancies like mine, you're automatically put on high risk. I was mm-hmm. a patient, which meant that I would be um, having scans I, I was in the hospital all the time literally they all knew me yeah. I was there all the time lots of people in the room oh my god scans lots upon of scans upon scans. whereas most people who have pregnancy have maybe three or four scans in their total pregnancy mm-hmm. definitely had at least 20
2: yeah and the monotony of that going through the same questions, again going to the, going through it's
1: the, the same check yeah is, what are they going to find oh my god so after the first sort of the eight weeks went Six weeks, you hear the heartbeat. Eight weeks, then the 12 weeks, you can breathe a little bit. You
2: can Mm. just breathe. Did you start to tell people?
1: I told my family. I told my mum knew and obviously my husband knew, but then I told like my immediate family a few weeks later after I'd heard the heartbeat. And then I didn't really tell a lot of people. I just wanted to kind of keep it to myself for as long as I could just Mm. to protect my peace, protect my Mind and yeah, I didn't, but then a tragedy happened unfortunately in my family where, um, my dad passed away. Um, yeah, and it was just a lot. And at this point, I was kind of showing a little bit, so you know, people started coming around to the house and then they could see there was like something there. So that was how most people then came to find out, um, that I was pregnant, and yeah, and it was just. It was definitely, it was a really beautiful pregnancy. And I really can't even fault it one bit. Other than the fear that I had, everything else went so well. I didn't have morning sickness. I wasn't sick. You know, people always say, oh, you know, you look really good pregnant. I didn't like, you know, it was just a really pleasant pregnancy. I didn't have anything else to go by. But for what I'd heard and what I'd read with pregnancies, this sounded. And it seemed like a really lovely one.
2: And is all the fear gone now? No. Could you just, no.
1: right? No. The no. fear is always there. Even when you feel the baby and then you don't mm. feel the baby, then you're mm-hmm. paranoid because you're thinking, what's happening? Did it...
2: it's, it's, it's just... And you're going in for all the tests and the checks and they're saying, when's the last time you felt it? So you're like, did I feel the baby? But, yeah, Everything.
1: Everything. Yeah. But I just remember just saying, I just wanted peace. I just needed peace. So I used to listen to really positive music, like music that would uplift me, music that would encourage me. So that really, really helped me just to be able to, you know, just to get my mind right. This is probably the best way I could um, say it. It's just, yeah, to think of of better things, you know, rather than the fearful things. And I just, you know, carried on reading about other people's journeys, who'd gone through ectopics, had had their child. And that's the sort of, things i wanted to hear and i try to fill my mind with those things and then you know we thank god because in february 2019 i had my son uh, Yay! He, four. he turned four on monday and everything congratulations just like you are a miracle you are oh, amazing
2: isn't he just
1: literally you are literally god's handiwork he, he handpicked you for me because i yes. needed you and you came at the right time and you are just awesome. So, mm-hmm. literally, it's that is my journey.
2: But mm-hmm. and now, having shared your journey, have you had people um, share their experiences with you all the time. Mm-hmm. the time? They just needed that permission, or just to kind of see you, or whatever it is. Yeah, maybe they didn't feel they had the space, or or well, they just felt like the connection. This,
1: this person understands what I've been through and Mm -hmm. if anything they would fully kind of get it even if our stories aren't exactly the same I would understand some of the feelings that they were going through and you know just offer a a listening ear because sometimes that's all you want is someone to listen to you and just sit with you and and that's what I I tried to do and I kept my side of the bargain because I thought God did as well
2: yes yeah you're doing your work
1: YouTube out and I Explain my whole journey and that literally went out to loads of different people and I've got so much so much good feedback and so much mm. positivity from it and how it's helped people and you know it, it's I'm just glad that it can do that because mm. that's what I wanted I wanted to hear someone you know that had that Journey, it had a similar journey that was able to say they came out from the other side because that's what you want you really want to hear that you know what don't give up on your hope of and your dreams of becoming a mother or don't give up on the fact that you want to carry your own children you know it can still happen despite of what you see in front of you good things can still happen and then it did and and I thank God for it you know and I just hope that it will encourage anybody that is on a similar journey.
2: Oh it it will. And you 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 know what I think? I think you've got your job and you've got your work. This is most definitely your work to keep on talking and sharing the story. And and just, you know, you create that space for people to share with you. And like you said, sometimes it is just that space. Like you said, it's so lonely and so isolating, you may not have anybody else that you can share with, you may not want to share with people in your circles, you may just want to be able to have this on your own, and just share with people who are going to understand, maybe people that look like you, people who have been through it. And no one can understand, you know, like you can understand. So I think it's brilliant that you're sharing, I hope you can look after yourself while sharing, because I can imagine this is not, you know, it's not easy things to talk about but um, just thank you. Thank you for being able to share. Congratulations on beautiful boy and happy birthday and just, just a blessing, a true blessing.
1: Absolutely. And you know what, as much as I've obviously come out on the other side, I'm still on my journey. And I tell people that all the time. Yes, I have my son, but I'm still on my own, on my journey. But because of what I've been through, I now go through it with a, a more positive outlook that you know what just stay hopeful and yeah and then you, you just don't know so just try not to lose hope I think hope is so underrated because mm-hmm. it literally is only a four letter word but it holds so much weight if you have hope you can actually do so you can do a lot you can do so much so just you know hold on to it as best as you can even when you feel like it's moving from you hold on to it with two hands literally and and that's why i started off my little brand i don't know if you've even seen it yet it's called um form which means fearfully and wonderfully made i call it my um positivity for fertility um brand because what i do is i make little baby grows for like just let's say hopeful or prayed for almost like speaking into existence what you want so it's like to help people on their journey or people that have maybe had a bit more of a colorful journey to, to get to their babies. And yeah, and it just, it brings me so much joy when I see like a, a a baby that has been, you know, wanted so long, who actually Mm -hmm. wears it, it it just means so much, so Mm -hmm. that's what I um, wanted to do, and like have hopeful jumpers, and tops for like people who might be going through IVF, just to encourage them, and just to know that you're not on your own, so if they see someone else wearing something similar, they'll be like, do you know what, this person gets it, you know, just something as a, do you know what, we too, it's not all just about being sad, or going through it with, or feeling lonely, there is a whole a whole tribe of women who are in that same journey a with tribe. you you know there's yeah. so many and just so you don't feel so alone because like I said it is very lonely so that's why I started form yeah
2: mm-hmm. and what are your social links for it
1: so it's form clothing f-a-w-m clothing and that's it on yeah there's a website as well on um, formclothing.co.uk and literally it's yeah it makes me smile when i see it
2: yes i can hear you smiling yeah you
0: smiling. <laughs> it does
1: it just brings me like hope especially when i like what a lot of the time i do is anyone that i know that's going through i might send them a little something and just so that it can encourage them as well because they can look at it and say do you know what one day my baby will wear this sort of like to give them that oomph to keep going you know absolutely and that's that's what my heart is for
2: Thank you, Andy. Thank you you so much for sharing I hope that was all right. I hope that... Incredible, more than all right. It was hopeful, it was gorgeous, and it was really brave just to do everything you're doing and to keep on sharing. So thank you. Thank you so much. Dope Black Mums. If you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Mums. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh